This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, wake up if you're still sleeping from your night. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for November 4th, episode 2552, brought to you today by State Line Tech. Good morning, Horse World. Well, this is the point where I usually play a morning bumper, and I looked this morning for a bumper that started with, The National Nightmare is Over. Uh, well, one, I couldn't find that bumper, and two, apparently it's not. So uh, we all hope you got a great night's sleep. Uh, there's, you know, if you're here for political talk, you're in the wrong place. I will say, ah, uh-huh. no, we have some weird news coming up, and I'm going to get political, Glenn. Oh, jeez, it's gonna, it's on. <laughs> and I might get a little political, not national politics, but horse politics in the post show today. So stay tuned for that. But I know you all slept well. You know, do you think anybody's going to listen to today's show? To be honest, after last night. I'm pretty sure it's just you and I. <laughs> Nobody's sure. listening. Now, I will give this my commentary about the politics of last night. The one guy won a bunch of states. The other guy won a bunch of states. And it still isn't decided. There's still more states. So there Here's my surprise face. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. moving on. <laughs> What's coming up on today's show? We're going to talk to Stacey McGill from UK. She stops by to discuss her research on air qualities in barns, and including like use of fans. And we're going to meet the new editor-in-chief of Black Rains Magazine, Michaela Lawson. So that'll be coming up. Also, some weird news and who else, who knows what else we'll get into. Michaela Lawson sounds like a movie star, doesn't it? Name? A <laughs> <laughs> movie star quality about it. But first, we have some stars in our audience, and they're people with birthdays. Well, happy birthday to Lynn Bishop and Lindsay Roush. It's their birthdays today, so happy birthday to both of you. Of course, they're part of our terrific auditor group. And now it's your turn. I have a birthday as well. Well, not me, but... Happy birthday, happy I would like to wish happy birthday to Pat Roberts, the wife of Monty Roberts. Now, I say that as like, he's Monty and she's his wife, whatever. She is Pat Roberts and he is her husband. And I'll tell you, if you read Monty's book, okay, most people read Monty's book, The Man Who Listens to Horses. And when I read that book, I mean, I read it in like the nineties when it came out, but I also read it before I went and did my first course there in 2015. Now at this point I had a two year old child. Okay. And so I'm reading the book and it is all about Monty and his life and how amazing he is. And then this whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's amazing. She's ridiculously amazing. They had 47 foster kids and three biological children. And then Monty's talking about going on tour and going out, you know, into England and then having, you know, like spending days in the woods following the deer. And I'm like, I would kill my (laughs) husband if he was like, I'm going to go out in the woods for four days and go follow some deer with 47 foster children and three biological children as I'm sitting there with my two year old. So I realized (laughs) in that reading that book it's supposed to be a book about Monty. And I was just fascinated with Pat and her story because she, and and I have done since then because I basically worship this woman. She's the, uh, she's an artist. She's an amazing horsewoman, amazing sculptor. And and also, yeah. And a champion, uh, a champion competitor too. Yeah. And she's, she's amazing. So I did a, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about Pat, I did a, uh, an equestrian legends with her because to me, you, we, we know the story of Monty, but you need to hear the story of Pat. 
because she is just, uh, she's a Renaissance woman. She is an absolute Renaissance woman. Then you go to her house, which is immaculately clean yeah. and she's prepared and she a meal too, for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. She's just a Renaissance woman. And I just wanted to say, happy but she still has hair to- left after all those kids and life. I mean, and now, you know, a lot of their marriage has been him being on tour, and now he's home, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she must she, be losing yeah, it. Yeah, I think she's probably losing it. She's never had him home in any Thank given God time. for horses. Yeah. I mean, I know she rides every day several horses. I mean, and she's in her, you know, I mean, you know, she's not 25 anymore. So, bless her heart, she's just an amazing woman, and I just wanted to wish her a special happy birthday. There you go. Well, happy birthday to Pat. Hey, speaking of birthdays, we got our papers in yesterday for our new puppy, our new greyhound. Uh, his name's Pickles, in case you missed that in the previous show. Uh, so uh, we got her papers in the mail yesterday, and she is an Arkansas bred uh, puppy. She's born in Arkansas? Yes, and uh, but I was very disappointed because her, her whining does not have a southern accent. Uh, I was Arcan- spe- Arkansas is kind of, you know... It has its Arkansas thick. has its own drawl. It's really like they have thick. their own thing, yeah. and it's not nothing like that. I was very disappointed that we have a southern dog without a southern accent. Well, uh, so I don't know. Maybe she grew up mostly here. I I don't know. But uh, isn't that fun being able to trace their kind of lineage and history? Yeah, we got the names of her parents and you know grandparents, and then they do. What's the same. her registered name? Her registered name is oh, it is like P S Algebra. P.S. Algebra. And then she was named Tickles, Tickles. and now she's Pickles. (laughs) So, yes, P.S. Algebra was her name. Uh, And and everything's going pretty well, except we haven't learned to sleep the entire way through the night yet without going out. So hopefully we can get that figured out. Oh, that just gets better. Trust me. Uh (laughs) With a bunch of senior dogs. I actually walked downstairs to my dog door. There's like a we have a mudroom now, which most of the dogs sleep in. And thank God one of them slept in there last night because it was destroyed. <laughs> and I walked in. I was like, why does everything smell bad in my kitchen? And I opened the door. I was like, oh, somebody got sick. Oh, no. And they all wallowed uh, in it. Yeah. that's uh, Well, they didn't wallow. Thank God. It was all on the tile floor, which uh, is not on their dog beds, which is great. But you walk in and I was like, what happened? And I look at all the dogs and tank. My Jack Russell like hides his face. <laughs> it's like, oh. Clearly, it was you. That is the thing <laughs> about farm dogs. When they're loose on the farm, you can't control what they're eating, you know, or yeah. what they're getting into every day. Yeah. yeah. And Jack Russell's get into whatever <laughs> they <Yes>. want. <laughs> stinkier, the better, usually. Do you have any poop eaters? Horse poop eaters? Yeah. yeah. Or dog Horse like, poop eaters. No, the oh, dogs. Oh, yeah, every, yeah. every dog. Every, horse. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because some were and some weren't. We had some that were and some that weren't, thank God. Uh, Oh, it is so foul. They just, like, it's the fresher, the better. Like, (laughs) And I have two, Danny and Tank, will, like, find the greenest one and just, like, tuck and roll. Like, like, why are you rolling in poop? That's disgusting. Danny has, like, just a permagreen stain on her neck and the white part. She's a border collie mix. And and she just say, yeah, permagreen. It's just green all the time. You can bleach her. (laughs) I think this is a very appropriate conversation after last night by the way and, it's <laughs> and i have Let's an update talk. i have an update the one guy still has a lot of states the other guy still has a lot of states and there's still more states wow breaking news breaking here news. on horses yes you can we will way, keep you informed if you're listening to this later on this is the day after the election yes, so yes. if you're the listening in a couple weeks you're gonna have an answer yeah there's not right a winner this morning no that's right that's correct there's still yeah. two guys fighting it out and and i'm gonna have some political news and weird news and it's gonna be a little weird so uh so people are serious about their politics but let's talk horses All right. a couple new horses came for training glenn and it, it, it jogged my memory because you were talking about how you got pickles as papers and pickles papers. So pickles papers, pickle pecker, pick up, pick up, whatever pickles papers. And um, you get to learn so much about animals from their papers. You know, when you get a Mustang or a great horse or a horse that's not registered, you don't know, but thoroughbreds are really, really fun to track down as well. Um, so two horses came, they are identical twins although you know from a different mother they're both chestnuts they're both like 16 2 they both have a stripe down their face one of them has a white leg that's how i tell them apart because they are like exactly alike however the the one with the white leg his name is sebastian hoss 
So I don't know what to call him. <laughs> Sebastian Haas. And Sebastian That's gotta Haas. That's got to be Haas, doesn't it? I mean... You're from the South. It's got to be Haas. Do you know what? This sounds terrible, but with all the horses I've had in training, if I give them nicknames, I can't remember who they are. So I have to like call them by their names. So I'm Googling him right now. Sebastian Haas, Thoroughbred. The fun thing about Thoroughbreds is you can go to Equibase, which is a website, and you can put in, like, you can just Google, like, Sebastian Haas Thoroughbred, and his horse profile will come up on Equibase. And so I'm looking at Sebastian Haas, and um, Thoroughbred, Chestnut, Gelding, born March 2017. Okay, so I'm looking at, I want their history. So he's still a puppy. Oh, yeah, they're both babies, but they're huge, like, really old looking babies, you know, like a three-year-old you look at and sometimes they're kind of scrawny. These, both these horses are, they're men. <laughs> they're not boys. They're, like, when I got Groot, we called him baby Groot because he was three and he looked like a baby. This horse looks like a man. And so I started looking up his connections and, and his race records. So he raced in his whole career, uh, one time as a two-year-old and three times in 2020, his last race was the beginning of October. And so I'm like, well, let's look at the results of the race. Last race he was in was his, uh, whole thing was DNF. That means did not finish. Okay. At Remington, all four races at Remington park DNF did not finish. What, you you can stop for a hot dog. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It's like you realize. I mean, like, one race, but not four. Why did you stop in your last race? And that was clearly when they decided to retire him. And I started looking at the the okay jockey Sophie Doyle, amazing female jockey here at at uh, Remington, and then the trainer Federico Villafranco, owner Allison Caldwell, breeder, Dream Walking Farms Incorporated. I'm like. God, that sounds so familiar. Dream walking farms, dream walking farm. What is that? What is that? Why does it sound familiar to me? So I'm going to pick Lucas up from school a couple of days ago on Monday and I'm driving up 36th and I'm about to make a turn onto Indian Hills and I'm coming up and I see dream walking farm. It's right up the street. <laughs> it is right up the street. Now, apparently there's several branches of dream walking farm, Glenn. Do you know who owns Dream Walking Farm? Let me paint a picture. You come up to the gate. It is this massive gate. I mean, this this it's a there's a mansion on the hill. There is a huge pond with a fountain with this ginormous American flag. And there's a entrance is like brick with security. And it's Dream Walking Farms. And the gate is a uh, metal like but somebody's made it and it's musical notes going on the like the gate like like it's like you're reading music dream walking farms glenn is owned by normand more legend toby keith that's right really i have toby keith's horse <laughs> really apparently he's a he I, I knew he owned racehorses but i did not know he bred and owned racehorses. You've never seen him at the grocery store? You know, he doesn't frequent the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently he's got, there's several branches of Dreamwalking Farms, but he comes during, um, to this Dreamwalking Farms when the OU team is playing football, because I guess he's a big, big OU football, football fan, fan yeah. sits on the sidelines with the team, you know, and all that stuff. Anyway, Sebastian Haas used to belong to toby keith do you think so, he ever touched the horse like oh my god one can only dream <laughs> uh, so, so you are a real name dropper this week between the post show on monday and today oh, you are well, just dropping yeah. names everywhere well I, it's, it's it's not he's not my best friend um <laughs> we don't hang out uh, he hasn't called he and and what's irritating in the world of like this dream walking farms has acres upon acres of like double fence line. It's meticulously groomed and mowed and there's not one damn animal on the whole place. <laughs> not one. Where do they have and them? I, 
And I just think, well, he's got like six or seven dreamwalking friends, oh. apparently. Um, but I just think like you could retire your own thoroughbreds out on these fields because they're just like they, they don't even hay it, Glenn. It is meticulously mowed, meticulously grown. I feel like I should take Sebastian Haas and put him in the field. You feel the same way I did when we see the farms around here that are not used. You know, they're big old used to be thoroughbred farms and they mow the fields and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 Why are you doing that? Like, I mean, it's clipped like, like he basically could play golf in his pasture and there's just, he just might actually. <laughs> yeah. No, he owns the country club right up the street. Uh, so there's, Toby's there's done all right. Well. Hasn't he Toby Keith? He's done. okay. Toby, yeah. and, and you know what? You would never, ever know by turning on the country music radio stations around here that Toby Keith was from here. Wait, no, that's a lie. They legit, every other song is a Toby Keith song. <laughs> Isn't there another big one that lives right in, in your area, too? Well, if you are going to the history of country music, Glenn, and you look at all the big singers, the people from Oklahoma, um, let's see, Yukon, just what? Because I was looking at those horses over the weekend. I drove through Yukon, which has a giant water tower that says, Home of Garth Brooks. Uh, does he still have a farm there? I don't know. He did. He didn't call me and tell me to stop by. So, uh, yeah, he's got to play. And then if then there's a water tower in Moore that says Homa Toby Keith. There's a water tower south of uh, Oklahoma City, somewhere down there, and Tishomingo, which is home of Blake Shelton. And you've got home of Reba McIntyre, home of Carrie Underwood. I mean, it never stops. It is like every <laughs> super famous country singer was born in Oklahoma. I so forgot I, that Carrie was Oklahoma. Remember that song? Yes. One traffic light in Dakota. Yes. I yeah, just Dakota, didn't. Oklahoma. Yeah, I didn't put. <laughs> you know, I just forgotten that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah, Carrie so. Under. You were Carrie Underwood's neighbor too. We're basically best, best friends. friends. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. She, yeah, she's just uncomfortable coming on the show because of you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's I'm a why. Stalker. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Sebastian. Haas that whole restraining here, and, order thing. It's yeah. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Going back to the fact that he stopped. In his last race, I haven't watched the video because I think it would frighten me because I went to get on. This is a horse that has raced four times, which has been in training. You know, it takes them six months of training before they even get to the track. So this horse has been that ridden that many times. I went to get on him. Like I, I do a certain thing where I, I, I belly, you know, they're race horses. They've had riders. So I don't go quite as slow as I do with horses that have never had a rider. So I do the join up the long lining. I tacked him no problem. And Abby's holding him. And I went and got on him with my belly, just like you kind of get up on your belly. And so if they freak out, you can just drop down, but he's not going to freak out. He's a racehorse. Yeah, I don't think he was ever actually trained to have a rider on, which is why he probably stopped in his last race. I got on him with my belly and that horse, like he stood there. And then what you do is you walk him a couple steps just to get them used to the difference and in, in the movement and the change of weight. Pew! That horse was gone. <laughs> But he's still on the line. You know, he tucked his butt and scooted away like, what is that thing on me? And I just, and it happened a few times. And I just keep thinking, that poor jockey. Do you think he dumped was, the jockey? Does it say if they dumped the jockey? It doesn't say, but there there is a video which you can pay $5 to watch. And like I said, I haven't paid the $5 yeah, Don't do that until you have to get him trained. That'd be better. Because I yeah. might be a little nervous <laughs> to get on him. Um, he did have... He might have gone the other direction, too. We don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, he did have whopping earnings of, let's see, his lifetime earnings, Glenn, are $2,199. The you know, ROE, the return on investment is not good. Or he there. just stopped by the bar. Uh, that Gin and tonics are his thing. You know? I love this bar. <laughs> That'd My be an Oklahoma God, thing, too, wouldn't it? Please. Stop by the bar in a way. Well, there <laughs> is a bar right up the street called Hollywood Corners that Toby Keith owns. <laughs> There's the, the country bar. Does he own the, the whole damn town? <laughs> yes, it's crazy. I like. I remember driving around here, um, uh, when my like my father in law would pick me up from the airport, and I worked in country music at that time. And he's like, "Well, we're gonna drive you by this place here, this is Toby Keith's house." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. I've been here sixty seven times, and every time you told me, <laughs> I, I call it the Jennings driving tour. I'm like, Toby Keith is part of the Jennings driving tour. Always gotta go see Toby's house. <laughs> Nobody comes to see your house." You're you know, famous. 
I haven't been on anybody's driving tours yet. No, no. not yet. No. Well, speaking of that, we have to uh, head on to our first guest. We're going to be talking a little bit about air quality in the barn now that people are going to be in, or our horses are going to be inside the barn a little more uh, over the winter here. But first, before we do that, let's talk about state line tech. First, when I go there, you know. Oh, wait, hold on. I found the, the actual write-up of this race here. Sebastian Haas showed brief speed while three ride and then stopped going into the turn and was pulled up and walked off. <laughs> he did. <laughs> See, he uh, went to the bar. <laughs> I love this bar. <laughs> so statelinetech.com. You know, when we, we love doing the state line commercials because they're easy to do. Uh, and uh, they're easy to do because we just go to their website and we take a look at what's happening over there. And there's always something happening over there. First of all, the 30% off orders over $129 still seems to be there. So take advantage of that. Uh, but they have a section right now. I go to the homepage and click on the big banner and they have all of the winter riding stuff. And I've been seeing, I don't know about you on your Facebook friends, but you've been seeing a lot of friends getting snow already. By the way, they're getting snow. This hurricane that was like a Category 4 bounced off Central America is going to be heading up into the Gulf and probably hitting Florida in November. So there you go. Yay. So fun. So I can add that to my list of fun things for this month. Uh, but uh, they have uh, ladies' winter riding tights starting at like $49. They have the Carrots Wind Pro tights at $59. Those are marked down 50%. Uh, they have jackets and riding coats and riding vests, and they have the Ariat uh, soft shells, which I see so many of around here. Uh, but there's six, six pages of winter riding stuff, and of course, most of that is for the ladies in the audience. I, I don't. I see a couple men's things, but uh, most of our audience is ladies anyway. So head on over right now to check out all of the winter stuff that's for, uh, on sale at, and also kids stuff. I'm seeing Ariat's, the uh, remo- uh, reversible vests from Ariat and all kinds of other stuff. Nine pages worth. Uh, and you're going to need new winter stuff. Let's face it. Your old winter stuff is falling apart. It has holes in it and you look like crap. So <laughs> <laughs> get out of my barn, Glenn. <laughs> I've seen pictures of you out in the barn. You you need new winter stuff. Uh, I'm what you call a hot mess. (laughs) Uh, Also, they still do have uh, some specials on uh, the Rambo Supreme uh, Verilair turnouts uh, that are available right now as well. So, statelinetech.com. Well, let's head to our first guest and talk a little bit about barn air quality. It's important. As a guy who has asthma, I know how important air quality is. As people who live in California, know how important air quality is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's head on over there right now. Well, hi, Stacy. Thank you for joining us this morning. You know, I was just, uh, the other day we had uh, uh, one of our listeners on who was a lawyer and her husband was a lawyer, and we have so many listeners that are doctors and everything. And now we have you who's pursuing a master's degree in biosystems and agricultural engineering at University of Kentucky. I don't even know what that means. Um, So (laughs) we we are so lucky to have very smart guests and very smart listeners, and then there's Jamie and I. So... uh, we we appreciate you coming down to our level to chat with us today. Absolutely. I'm very excited. Well, now, um, te- you're, you are doing studies on air quality in barns and, and things like that. And there's one thing I really want to talk to you about today. I know you did a study on fans, and I live in Florida, and of course, all of us have multiple fans. Uh, but I, I want to learn what you learned a little bit about that. But tell us a little bit about the studies that you're doing and why you picked this particular topic. Uh, So I have a variety of things going on. Um, I've actually finished my master's and decided to stay on and pursue my PhD. So just being able to expand more on air quality and and ventilation. So she's extra smart is what I'm getting out of that. (laughs) Or a glutton for punishment. Yeah, either one. (laughs) I think that's still up in the air. Uh, but we did do the the small fan study that you that you mentioned that looked at common fans in barns and and what they do or don't do. We have uh, also been looking a lot at indoor arenas and air quality in indoor arenas, uh, while also continuing to look at air quality in barns. And when we when we talk about air quality. Uh, we talk about it, it, we're kind of referencing a, a whole slew of factors such as 
temperature, uh, moisture that's in the barn, as well as any odors and dust uh, particles and all of that. So it's this very large overarching topic when we say air quality. So let me ask you a question, um, back up a little bit. Have we found... We all know that horses tend, especially very competitive horses, tend to be in more than I think they used to be. So uh, I think there used to be more turnout, especially if you get down to areas like Wellington and places like that where turnout is practically non-existent. In your studies, did you discover that there is an issue with more horses having more breathing problems now than 20 years ago? So we have not expressly looked at that, but we have been focusing on kind of what's going on in that barn stall microenvironment. Uh, but we do know that particles um, and odors and some of the, you know, the dust and everything does tend to build up in barns the more horses are in. So you follow that logic. The more horses, you know, the longer horses are in, the more of these pollutants, for lack of a better term, that build up, therefore, the worse off the air quality can potentially be if you don't have a proper barn design to help move out all of those, 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 um, the stuff that we don't want our horses or us breathing in. So let's get back to the fans then a little bit, because everybody goes out and buys. They all, I mean, how, how many box fans are in stalls in America? About a million, right? So, uh, right. And, and everybody buys box fans. And like us, we live in Florida, so, you know, it's a little hot. Um, and we're putting box fans, and we have them up in the upper corner, and they're pointing down. And did you, ha- did you discover anything about types of fans and direction and where they should be and all of that? So we did. Um, I actually had a lot of fun doing this and we looked at box fans as well as the, um, the high volume fans, the circular ones that do push quite a bit of air. Yep. Cause you also see those. Yep. And what we, we looked at on being mounted in the rafters as well as on the stall walls. And then one of the barns that we did, uh, the only way to get fresh air was actually through the stall door. So we looked at that as well. And one of the things that is, is interesting is that hot air rises, which we all know, um, or it's a common, you know, we hear hot air rises. And so when you mount fans up in the rafters, what typically happens, depending on where in the, the barn you have mounted it, you potentially are actually bringing all of that hot air and, and the dust and everything back down into your stall. I never thought about that before. Now, right? So, but if you position the fan, uh, so when we when we talk about air quality, it pretty much goes hand in hand with, with making sure that there's good ventilation. And when I say good ventilation, I mean that we are bringing in fresh air, fresh outside air as much as possible. And so if you have constructed the barn and you have good um, openings at your eaves, uh, so where the roof and the walls meet, and that's where you mount your fan and you're pulling air in, you may actually and most likely are bringing fresh air in from the outside directly into your, into your barn rather than if it's positioned towards the peak of your barn where you would most likely be pulling and you know, but recycling air that has already been through the barn. Got it. Okay. Well, Does that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, I, I see in Florida, you know, our barns tend to be more open. So, you know, they're they're above the stalls. It's open to the outside. We we don't. I mean, there are closed barns, but not a lot of them. Do you? Right. We. So I see a lot of the barns here. They're putting the fans on the stall door. Uh, and from what you're saying, that might sound like a better place to put it because then at least it's the you know the hot air still rising and not being yes. shot back down <laughs> yes and and often um we see that if you are pairing uh your your fans on stall doors or putting your fans on stall doors you want to make sure that you're pairing it uh with good aisleway ventilation uh so for instance the barn that i have where my horses are i have great air movement through my aisleway but I don't have quite as great movement from the aisleway into my stalls. 
so the fans on the doors work well for me to move that fresh air from the aisleway into my stalls. And so that's where fans aren't necessarily, you know, reducing the temperature of the barn or producing air speeds that will actively cool the horses, but they potentially do move fresher air into stalls or into where the horses are, which then pushes the stale air out. Uh, and facilitate that uh, air exchange. So Jamie built a barn here this year, uh, in the past year in Oklahoma. Jamie was, you know, you dealt with professional builders. Was was air quality, was air movement, was, was any of that a concern, or did they bring it up? Oh, my gosh, Glenn. Let me remind you who, what company built my barn. Uh, Morton built my barn, and and you know, this doesn't mean to be a com- uh, commercial for them, but like that is the main concern is, is airflow. So what she was saying about like, when you go up to the, the top of the roof, uh, the top of the wall where it meets the roof, it's all like a mesh, uh, metal mesh thing that goes around. So the airflow goes through. I had Dutch doors put in that stay open all the time and the horses can put their heads in the aisleway or outside the door. We have fans installed and also Morton has, uh, the thing at the roof of the barn that you turn on and it sucks all the air up through the top of the roof. So it's like continuing oh, that hot air out. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, with that barn and, and when you're building with a company that's reputable like that, it's the, it's such something everybody thinks about. I mean, it's a really big deal. So, um, I feel comfortable in everything I'm hearing. I'm feeling like I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that you brought up a really good point is either exhaust fans up in, you know, that peak in that, uh, the top of the barn or even just ridge openings um, or properly working cupolas. That's what it is called. Thank you. Well, cupola. <laughs> yes. The, the, yeah. The cupolas, all of that, um, the cupolas and the ridge vents um, are kind of a more passive that it'll just naturally change over versus an exhaust fan, which will actively pull air out of your barn. All of that is amazing for ensuring that that fresh air gets into the stalls and into the barn. Huh. Look, you did something right, Jamie. Look at you. You know, Glenn, <laughs> if, if you're going to quiz me on one thing, building a barn that is easy to work around and is good for my horses would be the number one thing I actually have knowledge about. <laughs> Efficiency and airflow and ease of use. Those are all the things that I'm going to consider. Again, if you told we've, me to put a car together, I would ha- I'd be like, here's a wagon. Let's go. We've been doing yeah. this 10 years and we finally found something that Jamie knows something about. Good. This is great. I, I, I definitely feel like I succeeded in this, but that's also, I'm, I'm in, I'm 40. So it's, it took me that long to be able to get a place like this. I mean, I've boarded at facilities oh, well. that are, just detrimental to the horses. Well, you know which ones? We grew up in Pennsylvania. They're all bank barns. And, and when I lived in Ohio, I mean, they're it's all like, bank barns. Shut it down, right? Close it up. <laughs> uh, bank barns are the worst because your horses usually go in the bottom, and the hay goes in the top. The ceilings are low. There's no ventilation at all because they were made for cows and converted the horses. Um, and and that's very common in the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, we do see that a lot. Um, if, if there were two things that I could do to almost any barn that I went in, it would be to take the hayloft out or to make sure that the hayloft wasn't over the stalls and to install some sort of outlet in the roof and inlet in the walls or the eaves. And that would, that would solve a lot of um, potential ventilation issues. Interestingly, some of the best barns ventilation-wise are old tobacco barns. Mm-hmm. Oh, because they I were made for ventilation. That. That's what they had to have ventilation, right? Exactly. As long as they haven't been, you know, had metal siding put around them, uh, tobacco barns provide some of the best uh, air quality and ventilation for horses and any animal. Now, now uh, explain why that is for those who haven't lived in Kentucky or seen the tobacco barns. Uh, so tobacco barns were designed to be open so that air could move through them so that as the tobacco was hanging after it had been harvested, it could dry. And a lot of uh, horse owners have bought old tobacco farms, and so they have converted the tobacco barns into horse stalls. And some of them have put the metal the metal siding around them, but there are still a lot that 
it's just the wood siding and the doors have all been, all the little slats have been kind of nailed closed so they don't swing. Um, and that just allows the air to, to move through it um, and, and keep that, that fresh air changing. <laughs> So basically, for those who are having a hard time, you picture going through Kentucky, you'll see these big, giant, black buildings and structures, and those are tobacco barns. And those on the wall, the slats go up and down, and those pivot, like they open. It's the weirdest thing. So that's how the airflow went across the tobacco and dried it out then to be sold. So uh, it, uh, let me tell you something else about those barns. They're the coldest dang place in the winter you've ever I was been. just going to say, <laughs> the snow comes in, and there's a blizzard. You've got 10 inches of snow over everything in your barn. <laughs> it's, like... it's so cold, but it's amazing in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> it, they're amazing in the summer, um, and we do have to remember that horses are actually comfortable, more comfortable in co slightly colder temperatures than humans are. So the horses are probably, as long as there's not snow piling up, um, the horses are actually probably quite happy in it, especially if they have you know good hay and potentially a blanket if they need that. Uh, it's the humans that stand there and go. It's yeah, so it's the horse husbands like me that have to go out and feed that don't like it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Stacy, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. I, I got to ask you about one other thing. And I, I know you might not comment about this, but you see in a lot of getting back to the indoors, you see. In oh, lot, my God. I thought you were going to ask her who she voted for. Jesus. Oh, no. No. Oh, I do have an election update. The one guy still has won a lot of states. The other guy has won a lot of states and there's still more states. So it hasn't changed. Um, so, Stacy, the uh, the big ass fans. So we all know what they yeah. are, and we see them now. They're very expensive, by the way. Uh, but you see them now going in indoor arenas. Is that a good thing? Fans can be very useful tools if you know why you want them and what what the purpose for them is. So it's not that they're a bad thing. It's not that they're a great thing. Some arenas, they need them. Some, you may not. And it, it really just depends on on what you're looking for. And I know that is a total non-answer. Uh, you could have run for office and been the, voted on last night with that answer, Stacey. <laughs> uh, it goes back to the, to, the, to the question about do fans work in barns and installs? Well, the real answer is, is it depends. What do you want it to do? So there are arenas that definitely can benefit from more air movement and big ass fans do that. They, they move a lot of air uh, and they help tremendously. And I, especially in a barn that say the horses are under the same roof as the arena or they're around the arena, that's probably a facility that could benefit from something like a big-ass fan to move air through. Uh, some of your other arenas, they could just benefit from having more windows and more doors open and making sure that you have those ridge openings. Just because you don't have the horses producing dust and you don't have the hay and the bedding and the ammonia in your arena doesn't mean that it doesn't still need that ability for fresh air to come in. And so having more inlets and outlets so that the air can come in through the inlets and leave through the outlets is good, uh, but a big-ass fan uh, could potentially be something that is very valuable as well. All right, now one final question. Are you an inventor? Uh, so I have invented for a, a number of years and have recently been moving more into show jumping. Okay. So you you want to break less bones? Oh, is that the idea? <laughs> I will not comment on, <laughs> on that. Thank you, Stacey. Uh, she should be a politician. Yeah, she, you really should be running for office. Stacy. thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. All right, take care. You too. Bye-bye. That was fascinating. You know, it's something that we all just put a fan up and go, I guess it's helping the horse, right? I mean, we feel better about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, they love to stand in front of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, depends yeah. on where the air is blowing from. Don't put a fan on the ground and then blow it up at your horse. Yeah. I mean, and then the other thing we didn't get into is uh, the ammonia. Obviously, cleaning the stall every day probably helps with that a whole lot. So, you know, yeah, yeah. And watering down your arena is all yeah. those things, you know, just 
it's good good sense yeah so uh, fascinating she was she was good well um one of the things we're going to start doing here is we're going to start getting a little more christmasy one <laughs> after this year with covid and elections and everything else we all need a little happy so uh the other thing is we want to present to you with not doing radiothon we want to present to you here on horses in the morning some smaller companies that are uh, doing some cool products that you could use for Christmas gifts, but aren't the mainstream. You don't buy them in the stores. And I, I got one of those coming up on Friday. Uh, and we're going to start getting some more, whether it's artists or people who do just different things that involve horse gifts for your trainers and for the people in your life that love horses. So if you have any ideas or you are yourself somebody who makes homemade stuff or whatever, we've had good luck with this in the past, haven't we? Uh, there, you know, the, the girl who made the little figurines and I, we just have found some amazing things and we're going to continue that search this year and going to be bringing them to you. But, uh, one of our friends, Neil, who is also the editor of our shows, uh, started a company called Toma Gear. And he, prov- he he's actually added a lot of women's stuff now. So uh, I'm bringing this up today because you, you need to get your orders in, in like the next two weeks. One of the things COVID has done is also made watches and he has wristbands and all different kinds of things, uh, uh, sunglasses and, and all kinds of stuff on his uh, site called shoptoma.com, T-O-M-A.com, is you need to get the orders in now to be able to get them for Christmas. So I really wanted to talk about this week and next week. Uh, I have have a couple of watches Ooh, that uh, they did add women's <clears throat> they watches. did add women's watches and and i have a couple of his watches i love them i wear them all the time and they're not expensive i mean they look like they're hundreds of dollars i have hundreds of dollars i kind of have a watch thing so i have hundreds of dollars uh, you know i have watches that were four or five hundred dollars but i also have watches that are from him back that, in the day when you had a job when i had money, money. yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly so but then i have his watches are 49 dollars, and they look like they're four or five hundred dollars so i wear those every day and i don't have to worry about breaking them. And I'm actually going, I don't know about you, but I'm wearing, when I go places now, I'm wearing watches more because I don't feel like getting my phone out every time to see what the time is. Like, you're going to be going to a park next week, an amusement park, I would wear a watch because that way I don't have to get my phone out all the time, especially if you have reservations and all that stuff. waterproof sports military watch. It is hardcore looking. It is $24.99. I mean, yeah, the prices. And I'm going to help you out even more. If you use the coupon code HRN, he has increased the discount to 25% off. So now you're talking ridiculously low prices, but you have to get it in the next two weeks to be able to get it by Christmas. Shop Toma, T-O-M-A. Com. And he's a good guy, and he's worked with us for years. Our shows go out uh, because of him. So uh, thank you, Neil, and, and I'm glad to help promote uh, what he's doing over there. Of course, the one I like the most is $164. But 25% off, it's not. Uh, it's like it's free, It's like Glenn. it's free, exactly. You're figuring it out. Well, it is time for weird news. These are actual news stories. Sometimes y'all send me some, so I don't have to do all the work myself. And nobody sent me Jack this week. So I had to go out and find all of these weird news stories myself. And I would like to let everybody know that, of course, we're going to go to Florida at some point. But let's start with when you think of Sweden, what do you think of? I, I don't. I, for some reason, I think of just nice people who uh, are not mad at anybody. They're nice people. They're beautiful people. Beautiful people. And yeah, um, yeah. they have a. New, they have blonde ne- down pat. Yes. They're they're beautiful people. Yeah, and they have a, a food museum, Glenn. That you could go to a museum. Well, I want to go to. About food. However, it is called the disgusting food museum. They serve things like gin brewed with ants. Poop wine, whale testicle, beer flavored with the smoked dung of Icelandic sheep. They, you can go and you can have maggoty cheese from Sardinia, Iceland, and fermented shark flesh and Peruvian frog smoothies. (laughs) Peruvian what? (laughs) They have Peruvian frog smoothies at the disgusting museum. Uh, I'm going to skip this one. I think. yeah. You're not going to go there? No. I'm Come on. They even have alcohol in the museum that is considered drinkable in many parts of the world. Um, 
there's a, something that was used in South Korea as a medicinal remedy, and it's a beer made from human poop. So <laughs> there's all <laughs> sorts of things. The whale testicle beer is a seasonal product only, though, Glenn. So you're only going to go there in the wintertime, okay, to get that. Um, yeah, Korean wine, ancient beers made from corn that is chewed into a paste before they <laughs> So they somebody chews this corn into a paste and then they spit it out and then they ferment it. <laughs> and then they have pruno, a prison wine made from fruit and brewed in a toilet. <laughs> possibly the worst place ever. <laughs> and again, when do you're people sleeping, pay to go here? People love this place. Apparently disgusting feud museum. And uh, I can't wait to go have a, Peruvian frog smoothie. It has been on my list. They have a beer that is Scottish beer that's fifty five percent. Wow, uh, that would that would <clears> knock <throat> you on your yeah yeah. See, here's the thing about this though: the high alcohol content isn't the weirdest part. The actual when you order it, it comes. <laughs> think of a beer bottle, okay, and the beer bottle has been stuffed inside a taxidermied squirrel. So you're holding a squirrel, taxidermied, and drinking out of its mouth. What are they doing in Sweden? <laughs> I think they're bored. They're bored a lot. Okay, next one. Next one. All right. There was a uh, Halloween display that... Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about an email that I got from a sweet angel of a 16 year old that just emailed me uh, this morning. Uh, so I, I was gonna do this story, but knowing that I have 16 year olds that are sweet angels writing me and listening to the show, I feel like I'm I'm gonna have to tiptoe around this new story, Glenn, because there's children present. Um, but it's a skeleton Halloween display that neighbors complained about. This is in Richmond, Texas. And um, she had uh, she had a lot of uh, skeletons that were posed in oh, certain uh, uh, certain ways. In, yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. So she actually got a letter saying she had 30 days to shut it down, which perfect because she was going to take it down on November. Well, I was going to anyway. say 30 days. That's kind of <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> So it would be like a skeleton posed on a pole, like a, a <laughs> it was pole, pole dancing. <laughs> and then I think there we was say a that. lot of people <laughs> surrounding the pole, handing out money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she even did a VIP area. There's lots of photos on it. You can go to HuffPost.com to see all the pictures. She changed the scenario every night, and she even at the end added a VIP line. <laughs> Okay, next story. <laughs> There's drama at the San Diego, San Francisco Zoo, actually. We're going to head over to California now. The San Francisco Zoo, the, somebody went and stole a lemur from the zoo. San Francisco Police Department officers responded to the report of a burglary and they had a break into the lemur habitat and are calling on the public to help with any information leading to the animal's whereabouts. How the heck does somebody sneak out of the zoo with a lemur? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it seems like it'd be a little hard. Like, you might get noticed. But anyway, there's a, a call out for the missing lemur at the San Francisco Zoo. His name is Maki, and he requires specialized care. He's 21 years old. If you spot somebody in the San Francisco area, or I guess anywhere else, it could be anywhere by now, uh, dial 911. And they said, dial 911 and be prepared to provide as much detail as possible. That's the tweet from the San Francisco police. <laughs> you know, we uh, we get stories all the time here in Florida about people shoplifting, and they're always stuffing stuff down their pants. Uh, so oh, God. Pants seems be to be that, And it's, it's, it's like somebody stole 25 racks of ribs, and they put it down their pants, and I'm going, what do you got to look like to put 25 racks of ribs down your pants and get away with it? Or well, lobsters is one. Lobsters is the one that cracks me up because you're buying those live. How are you stealing lobsters down your pants? And why? I, I, like, are you going to put that there? 
Okay, so you go up to the meat counter and there's like the lobsters that are in the tank and you're like, the guy's like, hey, can I help you? And you're like, yeah, sure. Wait, look over there. <laughs> I'll take three at, of those. And then you just at, stuff them down your pants. At so that it's like, moment, you distract him. You say, oh my gosh, what is that? <laughs> what is, that? is that Toby Keith? <laughs> and then you reach in and you grab a lobster, stuff it down your pants and he turns around. And he's like, I didn't see him. And you're like, oh, never mind. It's not him. I lost a lot of weight, like 30 Ow. pounds in the last two weeks. I could probably fit some lobsters in my pants right now. So I don't no... recommend it. No, I it's, pro- it. it's probably dangerous. Yeah. All right, well, if you see a lemur. I'll be on the lookout for some lemurs, okay? And finally, we have got to go to Florida. And this is the political news story of the day. And, of course, the political news story comes from Florida. Let's see. I'm trying to find the name of the woman. It hasn't been published. Okay. So, um... A couple drives in to their polling place, and this is in Orange County in Orlando. Oh, yeah, where that's I'm Orlando. Yes, where Sunday. you're going. <laughs> um, yeah, by the way, y'all, I'll be uh, in, taking my kid in this COVID climate to Universal Studios next week. So I will be gone do you Monday. Have your, uh, do you have your Spider-Man mask and your Hulk masks? You ready to go? We have all sorts of masks. We yeah. are prepared. Yeah, I've got my HRN host mask. I'm sure uh, you're going to be buying more, too, because your son's going to see the cool Spider-Man and Hulk mask because he's going to want some. This is going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I know it is. Harry Potter, like... Oh, on. the Harry Potter masks. I didn't think about it. You can get me one of those or get Jennifer one. She loves Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, Keep that in mind we'll for see. Christmas, okay? I think I'll be broke by then. <laughs> um, okay, so this couple drives into a polling place, and the man gets out of the car... And the woman waits in the car and the man waited in line the entire time and got all the way up to the front of the line. Now, you how how what was the average wait time? Probably in Orange County, it was an hour a couple, you know. It was yeah. An hour or two. Yeah. Let's see. So the the wife waits in the car and the husband gets all waited, waits in line and gets all the way, winds his way all the way to the front. And he sees uh, this woman who's a poll worker, poll worker, Karen Gonzalez. And the, the, the man, the husband said, Hey, um, can you guys like, I've waited in line this whole time. Um, can y'all go out and help my wife get out of the car and bring her in so she can vote? And they're like, uh, why can't she come in by herself? And he's like, well, she's about to have a baby, but she won't go to the hospital to have the baby until she votes. <laughs> There's dedication. <laughs> I was, she said, I was like, okay, what can I do to facilitate her vote? Where can I go help? They then, she said, Gonzalez went out to the car where she reportedly found the pregnant woman breathing heavily. <laughs> <laughs> she had checked her ID took in her ballot and told her, handed her a mail-in ballot and said, send it in by 7 p.m. <laughs> she, oh the good news is the hospital was half a mile away. And so even though the baby was growling, she got to the hospital just in time. Apparently, when the lady said, um, you just send it in by 7 p.m., <laughs> The pregnant lady goes, no, 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 I need to fill it out right now. So she filled it out. While in labor, and the poll worker said, I gave her I voted sticker, and they were off to the hospital. <laughs> well, thank you for accommodating her. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well, the supervisor you. of elections officer did not release the voter's name. She, <laughs> the lady did say, we are very busy, but when something like that happens, it just makes our day. I bet it does. Otherwise, it's pretty boring. <laughs> just people whining That's all day. Fox news you guys yeah all right let's go to our next guest uh as usual on the first wednesday of every month we go to guests from black rains magazine before our next guest comes on i have to apologize because i pronounced her name wrong and even though glenn said that sounds amazing and she sounds like a movie star it even sounds more movie star now glenn because it's actually Michaela. did i say that right Michaela. perfect Mikaela Lawson, congratulations. You're the new editor of Black Rains Magazine. I am, and I'm so excited. Did you kick now, Stanford to the curb? Uh, is uh, What'd you do with Stanford? <laughs> <laughs> so Stanford probably feels like he's been kicked to the curb, <laughs> but he's, he's still there. Okay. All right. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. You're fine, Glenn. Uh, he's fine. Uh, so, Michaela, tell us a little bit about what, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, are you a horse girl? 
I am very much a horse girl. I, I uh, love horses deeply. I'm a third generation writer. Uh, my grandfather um, is from, was, he passed away, but my grandfather was from Haiti. He owned a ranch, had a ton of horses. So um, my mom grew up um, riding bareback through the island. Um, my father was also a writer and I, I love to ride and I have three daughters. They, they all ride. Oh my gosh. You have three children on ponies. Holy moly. Three of them. uh, Three girls. And one of them is an eventer. She competes, um, is an aspiring. She would love to, to be an FEI rider. Um, so yeah, it's, so we, we have, uh, we do horses a lot. (laughs) We just love them. Do you have your own? Do you have your own place? Do you board them? How's that look? So we have six horses. Um, Ariana has uh, her main horse is a 16-3 Mustang. So, and uh, my oldest daughter, so Ariana, she's 15. Um, and then I, I mostly ride an appendix quarter horse. And I also have a Mustang that I, I found in Nebraska um, a couple of months ago. And she has become my heart horse. And so I've been training her. Um, and we have a Frisian quarter horse that, um, Ariana got, um, when she was nine, I believe 10, something like that. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, and then who else? Kit Kat is our pony that we use for the, for my little one. Um, and then another little Mustang that I'm also training. Oh my gosh. We, where are, where do you live? So I live in Utah, um, just north of Salt Lake City, um, and uh, I, I grew up upstate New York and came out here to go to school and uh, met my husband here and kind of uh, stayed. Gotcha. Well, I, I just feel like I was asking because I feel like we should be best friends. You're, because You two are soul sisters here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are. I don't have three daughters. I wasn't that... Uh, prolific i have one child <laughs> but but that sounds amazing i i love my mustang too and it's like this yeah, weird you're a mustang lover oh yes <laughs> I love that. you know what's funny is you said frisian quarter and i have an andalusian baby and then i have an olderberg oh and i have a mustang God. and then i have a mutt like i just have a little bit of everything it's about more about the yeah. horse than the breed you know yes definitely but where on earth did your daughter find a 16 three hand mustang so when she uh, was ready to, you know, find a horse that she can um, compete in, we started just looking um, for something. And, and she was very anti-Mustang. Um, she had a bad experience with um, a Mustang at a barn um, that uh, had uh, thrown her and just, was, uh, just wasn't well-trained. And so that was not what she wanted. So we started looking and one day someone on one of my Facebook horse groups contacted me and said, I have the the perfect horse for your daughter. And this person was up in Idaho. And so she sent me videos and this horse looked amazing and just an incredible jumper. Um, he looked like a, a thoroughbred. And, um, and so I, I pulled up the videos and told my, my daughter, look at this gorgeous warm blood. And, <laughs> She, she was looking at him and she's like, oh, he's gorgeous. And I was like, and he's a Mustang. And she's like, what? Um, but uh, we decided to go look at him. And the minute she got on him, she knew he was it. Um, so he's one of the biggest um, horses. He's from um, from Idaho, um, from the HMAs out of Nevada. And he's one of the biggest Mustangs that have come out there. And he's huge. Like uh, when you see him, uh, he's, he's, he, his body's built more like a, like a thoroughbred, but he's so tall and just legs that go on for days. Um, uh, so but it's, it's fun watching. I've now stalked your daughter online and I'm looking at her pictures and videos with him. Yeah. And you say thoroughbred to me, he looks like a giant warm blood. Uh, one of my Mustangs came from black rock and he, in Nevada, and he was huge too. He was 16 hands and built like wow. a but a tank, but this guy is much sportier than that. Yeah. Yeah. He's very athletic. Um, so he's been, he's a good eventer for her. Um, just not afraid and, and has 
just a lot of guts, <laughs> just amazing yeah. mind. Um, they have an incredible bond. So, I mean, you can see that in, if you go through her uh, Instagram page, you'll see the videos of the two of them. One of my uh, favorite things about them, I do a lot of photography for her. And many times I'll catch them with the same expression or walking in the <laughs> same, uh, you know, they're just so in sync. It's, it's super fun to watch. That's awesome. Well, this is great. Well, I'm so excited. I didn't even know you were going to be a Mustang owner on top of it. Glenn, did you have something? Yeah. I just want to, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, do you have goals for Black Reigns? Or the, I was going to get to that. Glenn, oh, okay. the girls oh. talk horses. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, but see, I have to watch the time and make sure we get the... Uh, I see, because oh, yeah. I know Stanford's listening to this and he's going to go, they didn't talk about the magazine the whole damn time. Okay, what oh, are yeah. your plans for you Black Reigns magazine? <laughs> Trying to keep you two on track <laughs> absolutely it's bad getting two mustang lovers together so we won't stop talking about it especially but, with um, kids right. and we like talk about the babies and the horses and the mustangs is all good all right back to black reins now exactly <laughs> sorry 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 now with black reins i'm so excited to to be in this position um stanford has done an incredible job for the last couple of years and i feel just to be able to add on to what he's he's done I want to be able to get Black Reigns to talk about things that, that matter in the equestrian world, to, um, to show all of these incredible people doing amazing things. At the end of the, the day, my goal and Stanford's goal for Black Reigns is to be a publication that talks about the underdogs, um, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, um, is to share those stories. We want to be able to have young kids like my daughter um, to look at this publication and say, I want, I can do that and to create opportunities, um, for so many of them, um, in our first, uh, the fall issue that we just published, we featured, um, Ezekiel Mitchell, who is an African-American professional bull rider. And he is currently number eight in the world. Um, that is the highest, um, any, um, person of color has been on that, um, ranking and he's on a path to hopefully win a championship wow. wow awesome well where can people find black reigns magazine so currently we are working really hard to get it into you know local shops but right now you can go online at blackreigns.com and order um a subscription um we have an exciting calendar we're doing a series of calendars is that you on the um, cover of the calendar for next year that's my that is my daughter that's your daughter uh, okay that is yes that's ariana with jet and that's the mustang but that is the mustang he's so what a beautiful picture and so we took that we took so for their birthdays with my girls we do experiences so they don't get gifts but they get an experience and her experience she wanted to go to california and ride on the beach with with jet and so I captured this image of them and where they, they just, it was just right when they got into the water, it was cold. They both reacted to it. It was fun. And that ended up being the cover of the, uh, the calendar because it was, when I came up with the idea, it was the only professional picture I had access to as I gathered other pictures. And I was very hesitant to make it the cover, obviously, because she's my daughter. But Stanford just loved it so much and insisted that that remained the cover. So I was excited to, well, well, I'll to put have a, her do that. I'll put a copy of that on our show notes, too, so that everybody can see that picture, can see your daughter and the horse. Uh, it's a great picture. You did a great job. And we're excited to be working with you and Stanford uh, as we continue to do these segments. And uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun for us and I hope for, for the guests as well. We are looking forward to our continued relationship. So this is exciting. Thank you and very I'm much. I'm excited. I, I All right. A new friend. Oh, two new friends, but definitely <laughs> a Mustang lover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't right. count. Yeah. <laughs> I have a hackney pony, so, you know, I don't count, apparently. Yay. Yeah. We love we, we'll find you a Mustang pony. It'd be easy. You can join the club. Black yeah, Rains Magazine. Check it out. Thanks a bunch. All right. Thanks, girl. Thank you. Have a great day, you guys. 
And again, their guests uh, are always delightful. <laughs> I just love I having them I, on. I love her. And her daughter, the horse is gorgeous. The whole thing is really beautiful. Yeah. So and they look really a lot cool. alike. Because if you look at the picture of her and the daughter, they look a lot alike. All right. I so, think you're saying the horse and the daughter look no, alike. No, they kind no, of, the, mom the, and daughter. The cover of Black Rains, they both hit the water. They're both like, ah! <laughs> no, the, the, the picture is funny. All right. So uh, no slipping. No sliding, no problem. Eco Gold secure saddle pads are engineered to keep the horses back comfortable and keeping the saddle in place for a safe, competitive ride. They have impact protection through the seat and ultra-thin flaps provide the rider with better communication and more stable riding position. They're available in both English and Western styles. You can shop the entire collection at ecogold.ca. And I know you have one of their pads and use it all the time. Uh, yeah. So remember I used to collect saddle pads and I was like a saddle pad hoarder. Well, I'm not anymore. I just have a couple pads and I have dressage pads, but I have the cool fit cross country saddle pad. It is a pad that's designed to keep your horse cooler and they have like different textiles in it and there's a fleece on the bottom and it is just the most comfortable pad. It just forms to the horse. I, I use it on everybody. And, uh, so now I don't have 120 pads in my saddle, uh, my tack room anymore. I have this one. Okay. This one, it's the best I've got. I've got rid of everything else. There is, I mean, I'm just thrilled with eco gold. So yeah, they're more expensive, but this one is $195 and you're like, oh my God. Well, that's like four pads of other crappy kinds. So get one and replace four. So definitely put it on your Christmas list it, because it is worth it. I'm telling you right now, it's worth it. It's my favorite pad, favorite, 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 favorite. Ecogold.ca. Well, auditors, hang on. We'll have a post show for you today. Something I want to talk about. We're going to get a little political, not not Trump Biden political, but uh, horsey political, and here in just a minute. And uh, we're going to have to keep it short because I have a big day today. All right. Well, I just checked in too uh, on the election, and that guy and that guy are all the same. Nothing's changed. So, would you like to hear what my big day is? You didn't even. No. Call. I mean, that's I remember what we were talking about Monday. I set you up for something. You have to like go with it. Yeah. Well, uh, Glenn, I'm going to have to keep it short because I have a big day today. Uh, what do you got going today, Jamie? Do you know what I'm doing at 11 o'clock this morning? My I time. Have no idea. I am taking a side saddle riding lesson. Our listener Maggie is coming through town. Oh, and really? She's bringing side saddles, and I'm going to take a side saddle lesson. Oh, that'll be entertaining. We we need pictures of that for sure. Oh, there will be. I said, "What do I need?" And she's like, "Nothing except for a horse that won't kill you." <laughs> <laughs> do you have one of those, by the way? I'm just I don't know. <laughs> I want to try it on Zeus. Zeus, yeah. Let's see how that goes. I want. Yeah. Uh, let me call the hospital now. <laughs> yeah, I want to try it on Zeus. So that and so and then Abby's going to take one too. So we'll either use Duke or Luna, but Duke can't really do too much besides walk around. So maybe we'll use Luna and uh, yeah, we'll have some photos of my side saddle lesson with Maggie Herlinski. She's coming over and we'll hear all about it on Friday. Oh yeah. There you go. Get a Mustang. Find that lemur. Still no winner. Just saying. Still. Nothing's changed, actually, since we started the show.